welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hi, lovely. I have to tell you about something serendipitous that just happened. So right before I started recording, I checked out the reviews for the podcast. And last week, I had said we were at 949. And if just one of you would swipe up and tap five stars, we would be at 950 and on our way to 1,000. And 12 of you did that, which is just absolutely amazing. And by the way, I did the math. If 12 of you do that every week, we will have hit 1,000 by the end of July. So if you are listening right now in your beautiful, magical, precious little ears and you have not left a review, please press pause right now because, girl, this is your week. You've been tapped up. You're one of the 12. Now is your moment. But of those 12, six actually left beautiful reviews of the podcast, which just means so much to me. I can't even tell you, meaning they like really typed something out and they are just so thoughtful and thought-provoking. But what's wild is that three of those six new reviews said the exact same sentiment that is related to today's topic I already wanted to discuss. Something to the effect of, even when the advice is hard or I don't agree with Hillary 100%. Can you think of friends in your life that you feel that way about? So DA616 said, Hillary is so genuine and compassionate that it sounds nice even when she's telling some hard truths. Sing Out Lulu, which by the way is a darling username, said she's 100% about lifting everyone up and celebrating one another's differences and unique contributions to make the world a better place. I don't always agree with everything she says 100%, but love what she actively talks about. And Stella Autumn said, I, it's right here, guys. I've got it. I've got it. She said she acknowledges her strong Christian faith, but also acknowledges and validates other faiths as having similar foundations and philosophies built on love, which makes even a non-Christian witchy type like me feel totally included. Even if I don't agree 100% with Hillary all the time, I probably agree 90% of the time, LOL. Her ideas are so well thought out, well reasoned, and beautifully articulated that I always find them solidly worthy of consideration and respect. The former lawyer in me tips my hat to you, Hillary. So this general sentiment, I want to confess that I am not perfect in this way, but these comments prove to me that I walk the walk of what I'm going to say today. What I want us to discuss is really I say things in a very palatable way, which I don't know if that really sounds like a positive thing. If, you know, you might be like, oh, that just sounds like you say everything vanilla or weak or I don't really want to be palatable. But to me, it's that I make room for you to disagree, to have a different or dissenting opinion without you or me being wrong. There is grace that we are far too unique. We are far too complex. We have so far too much happening in our head, in our heart, in our wildly different life histories, whether you are 22 or 80 true, to think exactly alike on every single issue. I will never do or say everything in my life exactly the way you want. You also won't either. It's just that I don't see, hear, and observe your life to comment upon it, whereas you do on mine. But something that I have been really struggling with lately, and we're not going to dive deep into this today because I, I really don't even know where to begin to, what to begin to stay, say on it or what the best platform or forum is, but my husband is already exhausted at hearing me talk about it. I just have had this really heavy heart at how much shaming I am seen going on. And I did one of my most popular, uh, most downloaded episodes is on something I call opinion culture. I will link that below if you missed that episode. I highly recommend it. But the, in general, it has been even more heightened in this time as we are discussing race relations and coronavirus. And I think in the midst perhaps of such of being so raw in this time about all of those things, even just normal things that are happening in people's lives, I am seeing online a more shame-filled reaction and response. And as an aside, it is predominantly from women towards women, is predominantly woman-on-woman shaming. And if there is one message I could give the world, not that it is the only 
important message or the most important message. It's just my little one to give. It is this conversation today about how can we share our thoughts and our feelings, share our hurt and our preferences uh, without throwing one another into a ditch in a way that creates a disconnect and ultimately not what we truly desire, which is connection. So I'll just be clear at at the top, by the way, I don't think anyone's going to misinterpret this, but just to be clear, I'm not talking about if you're in a toxic relationship, you shouldn't speak up. If you see something, you know, clearly right or wrong, if you see abuse of some sort. Um, But there is a difference that 95% of what we encounter and want to say when we're frustrated at someone in our family or our romantic partner or a friend or a coworker, someone we see on Instagram, 95% of what we want to say is just a preference, Treating a black life less than a white life is wrong. An influencer getting a divorce and you don't think she should is a preference. Your friend driving while intoxicated, wrong. Your friend giving unsolicited advice about how to handle your daughter or the guy that you're dating, preference. Your partner cheating on you, wrong. Your partner trying to fix things instead of just listening to your feelings when you're venting about your day. Preference. So today's topic came out of a gal who DM'd me a couple weeks ago, and she said, I wonder if you have any advice to help me. I am really struggling that during COVID in particular, I have three girlfriends that have really been talking about their bodies, their weight gain, their, you know, Corona 10, Corona 15, whatever. And she said, out of the four of us, I am the biggest. And I'm not overweight. I've done a lot of work to be comfortable with the 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 body that I have and the size that I have. And I feel like I'm healthy. But my other three friends are thinner than me. They're skinnier than me. And they talk badly about their bodies all the time in a way that makes me feel like, well, what must you think of my body? If you're looking at your body and talking about how heavy it is, then surely you must be disgusted by my body. Which, to pause for a moment, I think that is, I hope that this is a light bulb moment for someone listening, for many women listening, unfortunately, who realize when I am shaming my body I am therefore any woman who is within earshot of me saying this is also getting that same message. Whether she is bigger than me or smaller than me, what she is hearing is bodies need to be skinny, bodies need to be thin, you know, curves aren't okay, extra weight isn't okay, whatever that is. Like you, you are perpetuating the message of you too should possibly be feeling shame about your body. So I think that as someone who explores what makes women feel beautiful, I think the way that we talk about our bodies in front of one another, this is a great reminder for some people that that is – it, it is very hard to then say, oh, no, no, but I didn't mean your body. Your body's just fine as it is. H- how can we say that, especially if we're in a similar body body shape? If you're talking to someone who is a comparable or larger size than you who is overhearing this – so she said, I, I want to tell, I, I, I don't know what to say to them, but like it just, it's, they've maybe, it just feels like during Corona, COVID time, it's coming up a lot and it's becoming more of an obsession. It's just making me uncomfortable. It's making me feel badly about myself. And she said, and also it just breaks my heart because I think they look great. I genuinely think all of them look good. And so it also just makes me sad and uncomfortable to sit there and hear them talk about themselves. So I replied to her and was like, okay, so here's the thing. I hate criticism. Like, hate, hate, hate. I think most people do. There are some people that are like, give it to me. Give it to me straight. I want to know. I want to shed every bad part of me. I want to grow. I want to be better. I think most of us are like, I would like to be better, but I just like to really be hugged while we're talking about it. Like, most of us do not enjoy criticism. And... When we get that criticism, therefore, if we are not someone who enjoys it, which even if you're like, oh, I'm good with criticism, I want you to listen today for like, okay, but is your sister, is your best friend, is your, you know, is your 
team member? Like, is somebody else in your life where you're like, you know, they do always get their feelings hurt when I talk. And you're like, okay, today might be for you. So when, when we get criticized, we get defensive. And when we're defensive, we stop listening because we, I mean, I don't know if you know football as well as I do, hair flip, hair flip. But uh, when we are on defense, that is the position that we're in. We are pushing back. We are saying, you have encroached into my area and I am now pushing my arms towards you and trying to shove you back. I'm trying to defend myself. So I'm not listening. I'm not open and considering, you know, the, from a posture of, huh, let me be curious about that. If, if it feels aggressive, we we want to push our arms out and say, whoa, I, this, this maybe feels like it's going to be unsafe. So I immediately need to go on alert. And the other part of giving criticism or feedback or advice is really having humility on the part of us the speaker, the bringer of the idea, that that person just may not agree. And I think that's what these women were saying in the comments that I, and again, I'm not being like, I am so amazing. I'm just saying this happens to be something that I am really good at and that I have found over time as I have shared it with people in my life, have said, you are really good at this and no one had ever explained it to me this way before and this is really blessing my relationships, which is why I'm sharing it today. But I have a humility that I I know you won't agree with me on all of my religious point of views or political point of views or moral point of views. We're, we don't all agree 100%. And that's not shocking to me. It's I'm aware, you know, let's just talk politically. I'm aware our country's ballpark 50-50. So why would I be shocked to be like, half of you guys don't agree with me? Like, shut the front door. So I'm like, yeah, I, I go in knowing there's also just a good chance that, you know, you're you're not going to agree. So the advice that I gave this gal in regards to her friends was use the compliment sandwich. Now, the compliment sandwich sounds simple. But as I said, I have taught it to friends, my team members, my husband, and minds have been blown. Um, so the compliment sandwich is very simple. It is saying something nice. It is saying something that gives grace, followed by your gentle feedback, emphasis on the word gentle, and yet again, sandwiched on the other side with something nice that gives grace. So I said to her, for example, say something like, hey, Jess, so I, I want to share something and I'm pretty positive that you are not even aware that you do this, but it when you talk about your body, it really makes me feel da 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 that you think this way about me, and I know you don't mean it. So you've given her grace on either side. I don't think you're, I, I know you're not even aware of this. And then here's what I kind of want to say, but I also know that you don't mean it. And the key here is that instead of throwing her into a big ditch of shame and failure and accusation that she has to climb out of, you have instead graciously provided a bridge to the other side where you can remain connected and you can stay on the same level shoulder to shoulder. Instead of shoving her down into the pit where you're like, you are not as good of a person as I am. And that's, you're, you're going to feel ashamed of what you did. I mean, think of like, it makes me think of a little of a dog, you know, when we're like shaming the dog for going to the bathroom in the house or something. Like we're pointing down at them. That's the posture. Whereas we provide a bridge with our words of, with our posture of grace, we're staying shoulder to shoulder with them. And therefore, we need to take responsibility that it is our choice <laughs> to throw someone in a ditch or throw them a bone. And there are some people who are like, well, I just like to be direct. I just like to tell it what it is, you know? I just, and for some people, that does work. But for many, many people, hand raised, wildly flailing in the air over here, it feels awful and it feels like we are being pushed in a ditch. <laughs> so when you are aware of that, it then becomes up to you, well, do I not care and I'll push anyways and say you just shouldn't be so sensitive or do I want to say, you know what, I understand that for other human beings, this can feel unkind and aggressive. And what I really want is connection instead of to be right. Instead of to insert my, uh, assert my right to be direct, I want to feel closer to my mother. I want to feel closer to my girlfriend. So I'm going to note that they are someone 
who who needs me to give them this uh, gracious bridge. So in that opinion episode, uh, opinion culture episode that I mentioned, I, I talked about this a little bit in terms of when I will get DMs from people and that oftentimes, and I see this in comments and I've just, I've seen this so much lately on, on Instagram and comments when someone will say something and um, I'm trying to think of an example right now, but someone will say something like, um, what about... Okay, let's say we're talking about masking for the coronavirus. And someone says, what about people that can't wear masks because of asthma? That sounds like a neutral sentence. But if that's all you say, it can just as easily be taken and likely will as, so what about people that can't wear masks because of asthma, huh? And even in our conversation, when we can hear tone, when we can see body language, it can be very easy for someone who's already sensitive or has already been poked at today or, you know, you've already spoken harshly to them in the past, whatever, to take something as more accusatory when you don't wrap it in a beautiful grace sandwich. So I gave the example in that podcast episode that someone had DM'd me something to the effect uh, we had talked someone had asked me, is your style class for men? And I said, no. And then she replied, why can't trans women take your class? Which I was like, actually, that wasn't what I was saying. I was saying it doesn't cover menswear, like suits and like where your pants should, you know, where your suit pants should break over your shoes. It talks about like accessorizing with lipstick. That that, that was what the, the sentence was saying. Um, and when she just says, why can't trans women take your class? Question mark. It sounds like an accusation. Well, why can't trans women take your class? And when I replied back, that wasn't what I was saying. She replied with more information. And I was like, I wish she had replied with this from the beginning because it would have been so clear. It was wrapped in grace and it would have been clear that it wasn't an accusation. She said something like, you know, I'm if she, this is what she replied later, and if she replied this from the first, which said like, hey, I'm, um, I, I just graduated with my master's in style. Oh, my mom's calling, guys. Um, I'm going to hang up on her, and uh, I'm going to call her back later. <laughs> also, half the time she's just per-styling me, so she might not even want to talk right now. Um, so if she said, I, I'm a style student, and I got asked this question, and I don't even know like what the details were or whatever, but she's like, um, and I was stumped on answering it. So I was just curious about your advice. Why can't trans women take your class? I respect your thoughts. I'm just working to answer this myself. That is totally different because she's like, hey, I want it to be clear. I'm just curious. I'm not making an accusation. I'm not saying I think that's right or wrong or anything. And again, I'm just, you know, I'm just curious on your thoughts. Um, that is just such a different energy when we approach it that way. And so I try to use this as often as I can with my team. Not always. Don't do it all the time. Sometimes I'm just frustrated. Like someone has dropped a ball. We should beyond, you know, be past this point of miscommunication. I'm frustrated. And I'm just like, guys, we got to do better. So I'm not saying that this is how I speak to people all the time. But there's other times when I really want to encourage what did go right. And in a Slack channel where they can't see my face and they can't hear me with a freelancer who's not in relationship with me all the time, I don't want to just be like, note, note, note. Change this. This was broken. This needs to be fixed. So I try to be like, this looks great. Uh, Let's swap out this and this. Now, really, what I'm pointing out is like, hey, you didn't take the note that was here and here, (laughs) like, you know, um, per my email. But I'll be like, this looks great. Let's swap out X and X. Like, thanks again. And just that little bit is like, hey, I actually was giving them feedback that something wasn't right, but it didn't just sound like, oh, man, I can't do anything to make this girl happy. She's like, OK, we're, we're, we're on a right track. She doesn't hate everything. And I think a lot of times, specifically in, um, in online communication, but even in person, we just we miss that. We miss the affirmation. We miss the warmth and we just get right into giving the feedback. And I wonder for some people if you might have struggled with this more during COVID because you're not seeing your friends in person. You're not seeing your colleagues in person. And therefore, you're, you know, you're suddenly using online communication more than you would have previously. So back to the friend who was, the friends actually, unfortunately, who were uh, complaining about their, their weight gain during coronavirus. I said, you're telling your friend that she's hurt your feelings. 
And that is hard to hear. Like that, what kind of person hurts their friend's feelings? A bad person, right? Like that's where our mind goes to. So we want to know if I don't want to make her feel bad. I really don't think that she's trying to do it. So I want to be gracious there. But then we also acknowledge this is also really an issue for her. Like she is self-shaming. It's not like she was just critical of you. She's actually critical of herself. And so this gal who wrote me, she didn't want to just make it about her. She, you know, I thought that was so beautiful that she was like, I also want it to be clear. I really am trying to support my friend. I want to feel happier and I want her to feel happier. Like that's the the true win-win. But it just got me thinking that the real time that we are being extra gracious and beautiful is when our thought really is, I want to make things better for the other person. And there's times when, there's times when I will have feedback for a friend, but I'm like, you know, I think that this is just going to make her like, okay, let me give you an example. One of my, uh, one of my best friends got the Rona. Multiple of my best friends got the Rona. One of them in particular is, um, she would say herself, is uniquely a hypochondriac about getting a disease. She lost her mother at a young age to a disease. So she has this irrational fear of getting certain diseases. So she would be the absolute, like the pandemic would be a disaster for her mental health. Upside, she was out to dinner with a guy who doesn't love her back that she shouldn't have been out to dinner with. And he gave her the Rona before we were all being cautious about it. So she got it. And therefore she has this like, invincibility cloak of, okay, at least I've already got antibodies. I'm fine. I don't have to walk around in fear. Now, I'm wondering how much antibodies are really a thing. Jeremy's like, we don't really know. They haven't really been tested. Then I heard this infectious disease doctor talking about how friends of hers that got it back in March, which is when my friends got it, have now tested that they don't have have the antibodies, like they're out of their system in a couple of months. But I was like, you know what, though? I'm not going to tell this to this friend because... I actually think it's better for her mental health. <laughs> so I think it's highly, she's still being, you know, normally cautious. But I thought, I just, I don't want to worry her. I don't want to disagree with her on this because I actually think it's better for her mental health. I don't need to be like, I'm right. I have the inside info. Like, what I really want to do is make things better for her. And I actually think there's more, her life is more likely to be worse from being stressed out over getting it rather than if she were to, you know, get another life out of it. Um, and I'm not saying that this is how I think all the time when I'm approaching someone. When when Jeremy and I are having a, a disagreement, uh, when Jeremy and I are fighting, I'm not predominantly being like, I just really, I mostly want him to feel loved and understood. Like, no, I'm bringing it up because I don't feel loved. I don't feel understood. So I am trying to get my point across. But that is a beautiful level 2.0 when we can get there. But level 1.0 is simply, am I saying this to control or shame the other person? And we talked about this a little bit in the opinion culture episode that this even comes when it comes to our friends. Are we trying to control our friend because we don't like that guy that she's dating? (laughs) Or are we really thinking about, I don't know, maybe she's happy. Maybe she just doesn't have the confidence to break up with him yet. Maybe, you know, I I, I don't get to be the boss of her life. (laughs) I would make different choices, but I'm not here to control her. She's not my, my child. She's not my pet. Am I here to shame or do I really want a closer relationship? And do I really not mean to offend? Do I have a desire enough for more connection with humanity? Because this isn't even your friend. This is the person that you're leaving a comment on social media. And you might, you know, not feel super connected to them. But this is just about am I, am I sowing more connection and love and grace and, and positivity in humanity? Or am I part of creating more of a divide? And to me, it really comes down to those two words of grace over shame. Am I kind of shaming this person? Am I kind of shaming my husband for not doing this well enough and not da 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 da? Or am I really trying to lean towards, I actually want relationship more than I want control, more than I want him to do it the right way that I want it to be done. I want us to feel close. And so am I shooting myself in the foot, trying more to have it my way, 
when that's really, if I, if I can have the foresight to look ahead, it's really not going to get me to what I want the most. It's just the, 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 the lowest bar to grab in the moment. Like, oh, I just want control and that's going to make me feel better. But by the end of the night, you guys have had a rough day and you felt disconnected. And so the relationship hasn't really been served. When you think about it on that level, friend, I am not saying that I do this well. <laughs> what you hear on the podcast is I'm being thoughtful and I'm choosing my words and I'm not riled up. When my husband and I are in a fight, I'm like much less rational. I'm much less, you know, like clearly, calmly thinking through all of this. Of course, I'm much less triggered because it's the person that is the closest to me and knows me the best. Whereas you and I have a distance between us that you are less likely Unless you DM me late at night, which is just like the worst, getting criticized right before you go to bed. I'm more able to be calm about it on um, most of my days. So ultimately, we can give like all the loving, grace-filled, relational feedback and, you know, an employee still may not grow or a friend still may not be, you know, we may not feel more safe around that friend. So I think ultimately it's that you, when that happens, you can stay in your power and decide to to create the distance yourself rather than trying to control her thoughts or words or feelings. So if this gal goes to her friends with their weight complaints during COVID, they 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 may not stop their negative self-shaming. It may not change anything. And then that woman and I said to her, if it doesn't change, then the next step is be prepared. You may choose to decide to create some distance in those friendships, sadly, because it isn't healthy for you. It makes you feel badly about yourself and you don't want to be around women that make themselves feel badly because you don't want to be that kind of woman. So you might need to create that distance rather than really trying to control her thoughts and words and feelings. And that's the other part of this compliment sandwich it, like, that I talked about. It leaves this room for, we may not agree on this. And I'm going to also have that grace that if you don't get it, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to step away. I might have given this example a couple weeks ago when we talked about racial inequity and, or, uh, yeah, and my, one of my girlfriends, Nicole Walters, uh, who's a black woman, she had posted a really vulnerable uh, IGTV and a woman had replied, very well-meaning, you know, she was well-meaning that she said like, oh, I I do that as well when I get pulled over where I really narrate exactly what I'm doing with my hands and my brother-in-law is a cop and he says he really appreciates it. And Nicole tries to respond being basically in like nicer words, basically being like, yes, but the difference is I'm doing it because I'm afraid for my life. Like you might be doing it to be polite to the cop, but I'm doing it for this reason. And the woman replies again. She's like, oh, I, I get it because I, um, I'm white, but I grew up in, an, in a predominantly black neighborhood. So I was the minority all growing up. So I really empathize. And Nicole was just like, love your heart. Have a blessed day. <laughs> like she basically was just like, you know what? I'm not going to put more effort into trying to change this woman's thoughts and feelings. I tried lightly once and it wasn't really responded to. So I'm just going to move on my merry way. Now we can do that with an Instagram comment because we're, we're not in relationship with that person. When it's a friend, it may have to be, I really tried um, to, to, to do this multiple times. I was in a situation years ago in my life that I was seeing a therapist for where there was just a really, really hard relationship in my life. And I had tried, I, I tried the letter version, let's maybe say, of the compliment sandwich. Not that it was this exact um, one, two, three step thing, but I really tried to like lovingly explain my perspective on something and it was not received well. And my therapist was like, you know, you have three options in a relationship, fight, flight, or freeze. Fight, you, 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 you keep going. You're going to keep working on it. You want to be understood. You want there to be more closeness. You want there to be more, more growth and connection, which is wise unless you don't really believe a change is likely. And you have gotten that evidence very clearly, loudly, sharply, or just time over time over time. So my therapist said to me, I, 
I don't want to send you back in to keep fighting. I think you did this as well as you could do. And the response was so clear that this is not going to be any progress. And now the fighting just gets exhausting and bloody for you because you're exerting more energy and it's not going to get you anywhere. Whereas fighting can be a good thing. It can be, I would say that's, that's Jeremy and I learning to communicate in our marriage. Like we're fighting, meaning I'm going to keep leaning in and working on, I want to better communicate. And we're, we're, we're making progress there. And we're like, okay, this is like worth the effort. We don't just be like, whatevs, we're fine with how things are. So you have fight, you have flight, where you really separate. You know, if this is clearly a toxic relationship for you, you flee. And I've had relationships like that where I just decided this is not healthy for me. As a side note, what is hard in those moments is I is that the other person may completely not agree. They don't see that what they're doing is toxic. And that doesn't even mean, well, they're just blind to it. It truly might mean if you actually, remember that, that book that I recommended last week, The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Harcourt? One of the things that was the most fascinated about it and why I highly recommend it is this guy lives in eight different in eight different bodies. How do I explain this succinctly? He's trying to solve a murder. He gets eight days to solve it. Every day he wakes up in a different person's body in the house. And he therefore is inhibiting not only a different physical body where he's like, man, this person is like heavy and it's, I can't move around. His body hurts. I can't move as quickly as I did in the last guy. But also his mind is different. And he's like, this person looks for this and this person looks at it this way. This person's a cop. So they see all of the evidence and this person is shrewd and cunning. And this person is just like not really a whole lot of lights on upstairs. And that was so fascinating to think about how would your perspective be different of an identical day if you were in someone else's body and you had their mind. You had your mind and their mind. It's a little hard to wrap your head around. Um, but you you are you, but you also have their thoughts. And you're like, man, this is exhausting. This person self-shames all the time. This person hates themselves so much. Or gosh, this person is judgmental. Like, So you might put yourself in that body for a day and realize, oh, you know what? I didn't see from their perspective that they're this way because of this thing that happened in their childhood and because they believe this about themselves. And ah, now that I'm actually in their body, I have so much more compassion. Actually, just today, my sister-in-law posted something about being an Enneagram 8. And I was like, this, she screenshotted something. And I was like, this is actually really helpful because I really struggle with eights in friendship. I'm a four. Apologies if you don't know the Enneagram. We'll be, have, be past this in a moment. But eights are very black and white. And fours, per the uh, descri- uh, the feedback on this podcast, fours are like authentic and relational and, you know, we're the, we're the, the creatives and the romantics. And eights are, uh, are Martin Luther King Jr. They are justice. They are right and wrong. And that makes them amazing activists and like fighters for the underdog and all of that. But it also means that they're like, here's your right or wrong advice. And that feels so aggressive to me. But reading through this this description from this other woman, I realized like, okay, I can challenge myself to think about this in a different way. It is really, really hard for me because AIDS just seems so judgmental to me and that feels so unkind. But okay, I'm going to really try to work on can I see it that they just care so deeply and they're not trying to be judgmental. They're trying to like make the world a better place, make your life a better place for you or whatever. So maybe if you put yourself in that friend's shoes, you would not be like, oh, she's just a toxic, bad person. I had to cut her out of my life. But this is your experience. And we sometimes have to take that flight path of this is just not good for me. And maybe this girl would realize these friends are actually growing more self-shaming. The three of them are in this spiral and it's getting worse. I spoke about it, but it actually is getting worse. And maybe I just really need to separate. Or freeze where we lower our expectations. And I think that can be a empowering or disempowering place. I've been in some relationships where I chose to freeze and it's just a bummer. There's just a sense of like resignation. Like I want this to be a better relationship. It's not going to be. I don't want to completely cut them out of my life. 
I don't I don't really feel like investing more in it is going to make it better and it's just kind of sad and I just have to set, accept that or it might just be peace you know I talked to these friends and I tried to share with them and and it's got a little better but I think maybe I've just realized at their core like they don't inspire me to, to be better people and I don't think I feel better when I'm around them and I'm not going to cut them out I don't hate them we're not enemies all of a sudden but I think I'm just going to start really creating some more space in my life for some other people and just lowering my expectations and knowing, you know, I'm not looking for them to be the ones that pump me up. Or maybe it's a compromise. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm going to stop putting this expectation on you as my romantic partner that you're going to respond in this way. My best friend responds in this way and I want you to respond in that way, but you guys aren't the same people, so you just don't. So I'm just going to, like in a really positive, empowering way, I'm just going to compromise and be like, I don't need you to figure out how to meet my needs in in this way. (laughs) But overall, I think we get the best chance of feeling closer to another human when we communicate in this uh, compliment sandwich type of way. When we say, you did this wrong, yeah, that rarely goes well. And I, I don't know about you, but I've seen the phrase a lot as we've been having these racial conversations about impact over intent. Now, I am not uh, the the expert on explaining this within race relations. And I honestly, I see posts on this and I still struggle sometimes to understand um, the difference. I also, I, I am horrible at apologizing, still, still working through this in therapy. I, some lo- longer things from how I was raised, but I am horrible at apologizing. I don't understand the like the idea of humble pie makes me just want to like leap out of my skin like but I didn't mean to do anything wrong so why are you shaming me like I that's just like the the place that I come from now there may not always be shaming in that like other people are just able to apologize and that's something that I personally really struggle with Um, but in general what I see so often is that there is this shaming and blaming and that that alone implies your intention was to hurt and to harm, and you should feel badly about that. Whereas when you acknowledge in that example that I gave and talking to the girlfriend, when you acknowledge, hey, Emma, I, I don't think you even realize that you're doing this, and I know you don't mean it about me. When you acknowledge right off the bat that you, you, you know what their intent was. Maybe that's even in work. You're like, hey, I totally get why you pulled these images for this page, thinking that blah, 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 blah. You just you have to be like a like a deep moral in, intent. You're just like, hey, I understand what your thought process was. I'm not implying that you're an idiot. I get where your your thought was here. That extends grace immediately, while then still letting you share the impact. Here's why that page wasn't right, or here's why your comments make me feel badly about a person. And I just see so often that people create pain and disconnection and havoc that leaves them with this rage hangover, I have to imagine, after, you know, DMs and and comments that I see, or just in friendships, disconnected and just feeling like, I I tried to speak up for myself, but now I just feel even worse about this friendship. Now I just feel like even more awkward in my, you know, relationship with my sister or whatever is coming up. Because we, we didn't think to what is going to build a bridge to more connection. And I think about this a lot because I pay a lot of attention to Instagram comments and the way people interact on social media. And Jeremy and I talk about this all the time that I, everyone I know who is quite emotionally healthy gives more grace. No one I know who's emotionally healthy leaves ugly Instagram comments or writes ugly DMs. Now, this doesn't mean, again, in our closest relationships, we don't get triggered and get frustrated and and things like that. Like there's a range. But in general, the more emotionally healthy the person is, the more I see them give grace. And the less I see them need to control other people and to be, you know, what, what was said in the the uh, reviews for this podcast. Like I'm not trying to control anyone to get you on my side. I'm really comfortable with the fact that we can have different opinions. <laughs> and that doesn't make me feel threatened in my opinion because I feel pretty emotionally healthy and peaceful about what my opinions are. So I'm not 
I'm, I'm, I don't need for you to agree with me in order for me to feel peace that this is the way I feel. And I find that people who are more emotionally healthy, they, they hold things, they hold relationships with an open hand. And this is easier said than done. But that if they are toxic, they'll let them go. And I think we see a lot of memes about this on Instagram. So I think this is something a lot of us struggle with. What happens when I have a friendship that isn't serving me? And that is it? What about what happens when I have someone in my family that does not make me feel good? And and this, how can I have it with an open hand that I'm like, you know what? I'm willing to just kind of go into freeze. And anytime I do have to talk to you or something comes up, I'm always going to try this compliment sandwich. I'm going to at least know I always gave grace. And if you continue to be critical and you continue to be passive aggressive, at least I'm like, you know, I've done my best. Like I really always tried that compliment sandwich and I'm not, I'm not completely cutting you out, but I've just, I've lowered my expectations, you know, and, and, and we're not trying to shame and we don't feel rage. We also just have some humility that someone has another opinion, another life experience. If we woke up in their body tomorrow, maybe it would make more sense to us. But, you know, since we don't live in that novel, this is the only body that we get. And so while that impetus was this chat between girlfriends over body image, I I see so often online really that we have this we are raw and we are angry and that there is so much shame just in these last few months I and mean, I really saw it ramp up with the pandemic and some some shame over how influencers had handled things and um, I've seen it with influencers that have now shared they're getting divorced in this time and I've seen it on race and I've seen it on masks and it's you know we're there's a pandemic, <laughs> guys. Like, we're not okay. We're literally not safe. We're not in control. And we're we're physically hiding from other human beings and hiding in our houses. Like, this doesn't feel okay. And so we can just be even more raw. And I would imagine that's car- that can easily carry over into our family and friends and romantic relationships. And sometimes, and I want to say, by the way, as an aside, when – when there when someone leaves a comment and you like that that has this shame and rage and you like that comment it is equal to you having said it it is co-signing off on that i don't know if you uh, pay attention to the bachelor franchise which i'm a fan of but the number of bachelor guys that have gotten taken down over the years and called out because someone went back and found tweets that they had hearted and liked and were like dude that was a racist tweet and you hearted it that's it means you agree with that opinion. <laughs> so you may think like, well, I'm just, no one's really going to pay attention. But like, no, that influencer is tapping and being like, oh, interesting. Sarah thinks this thing as well. She just didn't say it, but it is just as you know, aggressive. So whether it is in the big wide world of the internet in this public forum with comments and DMs or in our most intimate personal relationships of family and friends and romance, I just keep coming back to this question of, am I giving grace? Is that the main word that I am leading with in my responses? And again, I want to be clear. I'm not giving grace with every response I get to critical DMs. (laughs) There are days when I just, I have no forks left to give. (laughs) I'm exhausted. It's 11 o'clock at night. I've spent the last three hours in DMs helping people completely for free and now you criticize me, and I, I have no more grace left to give, Gina. <laughs> so I'm not saying that I do this every time, but I challenge myself more and more to be like, can I respond to this with grace? Can I give them the benefit of the doubt? <laughs> Is there a way that I can do this? And every time I do it, guys, and someone responds well, I'm like, yes. I'm like, okay, this is why it's worth the work, because – That person who just DM'd me about an author that I shared about who was like, I kind of feel like that author is self-centered and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, I could just sass her back because why is she in my DMs SHIT talking some other woman? I don't want to be part of that. But instead, I'm just going to be like, you know what? I always like to think of the golden rule uh, on social media, which is if uh, if you can't think something nice, just quietly unfollow and let them go about their own life path without your commentary. <laughs> she was like, that's a really great point. Thanks. And I was like, said to Jeremy, like, yes. <laughs> I was like, every time I'm like, oh, why, why are you bringing negativity in here and talking poorly about someone else as opposed to just being like, if, if you don't like that woman, just don't follow her. 
You don't have to, why are we gossiping in my DMs? <laughs> we just don't have to say, just because she's an author doesn't mean that people should be talking about it. It doesn't mean that the gossip is still cool. Um, and so anyways, um, as much as I can, am I, am I really going the extra mile with my tone? Sometimes that's as light as an emoji. Sometimes it's making sure that my tone, that I've not raised my voice, that I'm not getting a tone in my voice, that I'm smiling when I say it, that I, whatever. Am I with my words and my actions, my, my physical body, the tone of my voice, my emojis, whatever resources I have in that forum? Am I building a bridge or pushing someone into a ditch? Because if I want connection in my life, if that's the main thing I want as a human, which I think there's a lot of data on happiness and what we desire at the end of life that says that's what we want the most, then am I in those tiny, small, and really big interactions throughout my days and my life choosing love over hate? Do I, do I want to be a bridge builder where instead of shoving someone into the shame pit beneath me and creating disconnection, I'm saying, you know, in this one Instagram comment, I didn't do it perfectly all day, but in this one comment, or, you know, I haven't, I didn't handle my last friend thing the best, but I'm going to do better in this, in this friendship. Am I getting to the other side? Am I building that bridge of grace so that we can stay more connected, feel closer and be more shoulder to shoulder? So maybe this is a huge shift and aha for you today. Maybe this is a little tool that just slightly reshapes the way you bring up some feedback to someone in your life upcoming, or maybe it just makes you hungry for something on sourdough toast because I kept saying the word sandwich and I would really like a sandwich. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is my puzzle mat. I have gone full-on quarantine in the city, and I've gotten myself a puzzle mat. So I knew about roll-up puzzle mats, which just sounded like a pain. I couldn't picture that the puzzle didn't break. It felt like there was going to be pieces flying off the end. But I got a little bit of addiction while I was in Phoenix, where I had this thing, guys. I don't know if you've heard about it, but um, it's called a, a dining room table, or um, some people call it a kitchen table. And it's it's a large table that some people have space for in their house. And um, if you, since obviously, you know, you just eat dinner on the couch, this table doesn't get used. And so it is perfect for puzzling. If you guys get fall into a lot of money someday, if you become a millionaire, I really recommend that you get yourself one of these dining room tables because, um, you know, I, I don't have, I'm not fancy enough. I don't have a dining room table. So we just you know, eat all our meals on the couch. And therefore, when we go to Arizona and we have a dining room table, we just still eat all our meals on the couch. But we had this glorious puzzle table. And uh, we have no such table by any name. That doesn't, doesn't smell as sweet here in New York. So I was like, I got to find a way to get a puzzle. So I found this mat. I will link it below. And um, uh, it is firm enough that I can move it from the couch to the kitchen island to the coffee table. It is soft enough. It's like a suede. So the, um, the, the pieces don't fall off the edge. They don't move around. I mean, guys, it is way more efficient and effective than I thought it was going to be. And I was like, why have no influencers been promoting this all of quarantine? But then I realized everyone I follow is probably a millionaire and has something called that dining room table and they don't have this problem. But you and I are just ordinary girls out here in the big wide city, right? Um, and uh, the one thing that I don't love about this is a condition called puzzle back, which um, I may or may not have an IGTV PSA up by the time you hear this, um, because it, it just occurred to me um, that this is something I should record. But puzzle back is something that my mother and I experienced while I was home, and I bought her a new puzzle, and we were doing it. And you just you spend so you are so focused on getting the piece that you're bent over in this hunched position, and you're like reaching at awkward angles, and you just won't be like, "This is hurting my body. Why am I doing this, Karen? Stop!" Uh, and no, you just like are forcing yourself. Like your back is like, "No, stop!" And your head is like, "Keep going, one more piece." Um, so I'm having to deal with. I'm having to work, so you just do some self-coaching around puzzle back and really say to myself, like, Hillary, you're getting puzzle back when you're sitting on the couch here. So let's move this. So a big deal for me, guys, is I moved it to the kitchen island for the first time. And so I think I'm getting back into my uh, Arizona 
uh, pandemic in Phoenix routine where I start my day with a little cereal and coffee and a podcast, personal development or faith-based, something super positive, like not business, not news, and um, and a little puzzling. Uh, it's bringing me a lot of joy, but I do have to make sure that I don't get puzzle back. So, um, oh, the, the last part of that, by the way, is um, it really helps when you get nerdy and you adjust your pieces. So you take all of your pieces. I'm a really, um, I'm going to do a, a webinar um, that'll sell into a $197 price point product about um, how to organize your puzzles. Obviously, I'm kidding. So you want to take all of your puzzle pieces and divide them by color. Now, you don't need to do all of them, but you just need to pick a color to begin with. So I went through and I was like, I'm going to pull out all of the blues. And then you put the blues in their different categories and things like that. So you end up working on just a section of the puzzle. And that means that you're not reaching as much. And then because of the mat, you can turn it around, which you can't do on the dining room table. It's just there. But here you can like angle it and you can adjust it. Um, and then you build out, you know, color palette by color palette. And uh, it's really better on the spine. So you guys are welcome for that um, Susie Homemaker tip and that uh, advice as a uh, budding chiropractic assistant. (laughs) So if you are team grace over shame, I would be so honored if you would share this episode in your Instagram stories, in a Facebook group that you are part of. Text it to your friends and have a conversation in your life about how you can better use the compliment sandwich. Grab a best girlfriend, chat with her about it, challenge one another to use it, to test it out um, back and forth on one another so that we can grow in how to give one another grace. Screenshot it. When you see someone that is giving an, um, doing an amazing job of this in an Instagram comment, text it to your girlfriend. You're like, oh, see here, this is a great example. And honestly, when you see bad ones, text it and be like, hey, okay, I'm not saying this to like S-H-I-T talk this person, but whoever this random person is left to comment, see how it sounds aggressive? That's what Hillary was talking about. Here's how I would rewrite this to do this better. And let's just really try in this season when everyone is so raw all throughout our lives, which is especially in this hard, hard season of 2020, shakes fist at the sky, to show more grace than shame. I will see you back here next week on Your Welcome Wednesday with Grace and Gumption. Till next Wednesday.